A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Betsy. Good morning, Dan. Yeah, we are here and we are suffering for our art. Right? Yes. I don't know if that you We call... have absolutely sweated through this week, I would like to point out. Well, and we're in a studio, and like I said, I don't know that I'd call what we do art. Well, <laughs> that's let's really, just call it art. That's really a stretch. It's more like coloring in between lines and stuff. <laughs> it's like the paint-by-number version right, of art. Right, right, right. But anyway, we're suffering because we make sure that all of the fans and all of the air conditioning is off yes. when we record these segments so yes. that you get the most mm-hmm. pristine, pure sound possible and that means we sweat like crazy so if you hear a squelchy squishing sound it's that's just, just me. us because we're so sweaty it is, it has been a hot week well norm- we had one day that was kind of like yep. mediocre what 70s or something yep. and now it's like yep. 90s it's, it has been and normally that really really impacts me yes i do not quite understand what's happened i've rolled through this Really pretty well. I don't complain a whole lot about it. <laughs> it hasn't really affected me at home. Of course, wow. I'm wearing a rubber suit filled with ice water all the time. Right. But other than that. So there's that. Yeah. Anyway, wow. hopefully we'll get back to, I saw somebody on Facebook, a friend, Nancy, who used to work with us, yeah. moved to mm-hmm. Indiana. She posted something in vibrant colors all over Facebook saying, I am done with summer. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> she was so ready for fall and I am yeah. right there with her. I do yeah. not like it when it gets up to yeah, almost 100 some degrees. some of the fun away. Yeah. When you can, yeah, stand up. When you s- have to work. When you can't just, you know, like be in a pool all day. Right. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully mm-hmm. you're enduring this summer. And enjoying what we can from it, because we hate to wish away time, because once it's gone, it's gone. Look at that. There's the philosophical statement for the day. (laughs) Wow. That was very good. So what are we going to talk about the rest of the time today? Um, The rest of the time, we are going to talk about... I have some cleaning... I guess you would call them hacks. I hate to use that term, but... Yeah, hack. Sounds so coarse. Well, it's kind of what they are. It's some easy ways to do some chores around your home that I have actually found work really well for as simple as they are. So we'll share those with you at the end. That's good. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about ceramic tile. Yes. Where to use it, when Mm -hmm. to use it, and all kinds of different things about it. The heating underneath it, what that's like. That's all coming up in a little bit. We're going to do that with Nick from Johnson Carpet One. Right. And we're also going to be in the studio with Ginger Herman and Sue Prins from Sue Prins Five Star Real Estate talking about what a buyer needs to be aware of in this particular market. Yes, because there are some things that you need to consider if you are thinking about buying a home. And what is the first thing you notice when you pull up to a home you're potentially buying? It's the front door. It's the curb appeal. It's the color and how that front door really looks. And if, You even notice that even if you're just driving. Right. That's one of the things our eyes are drawn mm-hmm. to is I the front, front door. I notice front doors all the time. And if you're a homeowner, it's really a very simple fix to make your front door a little bit more to make it pop. Well, fixing it is simple. But the reason to do it is because it's one of the simplest, smallest projects yep. with huge impact oh, yeah. on how the exterior of your home feels. Right. And what you think of it, really. I mean, it'll really change your perception of it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think, oh, you know, I don't like my siding color. I don't like all these other things. Right. Just start with the front door. Yeah. So simple. A quart of paint. 
mm-hmm. and a couple of hours. Yeah. And that alone can change so much. Yeah. And there are really three main components to think about when you're potentially painting a front door. The first one is getting the right paint. The second one is getting the right paint color. That's big. Right. And the third one is the method of application. Using the right one rather than the incorrect one. Right. right. I'm assuming. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So we will cover the last two, the uh, color of the front door and the method of application next week. So you're going to want to tune into that. Yeah, we'll actually dig into yeah. how you get that right color, how you find right. it, how you figure out what will work for you, because that's a big concern. A lot of it people is, are yeah. concerned about doing that because they mm-hmm. don't want to go into the project and have the wrong color. And have to do it again. Right. And we'll also right. walk you through, like Betsy said, all the right methods to making it work for you. Right. But let's start with getting the right paint because that really does kind of make or break the project. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get the wrong paint, let's say you put an interior paint on that front door, it's not going to hold up very yeah, well and you're going to end up repainting. So, Well, even using the wrong exterior paint, they can be too soft. They just yes. might not hold up the way you want them it to. It might so. be sticky. That People deal with that a lot. That sticky door where you close it and then you open it again and it just kind of sticks to that door jam. So big problems. You want to get a paint that is meant for front doors. And Benjamin Moore recently came out with a great product called Aura Grand Entrance. Now, we've talked on the show about Advance, which we love. It's that modified Elkid. So it's a water and oil mix, you know, the magic that they've done. Now they've done it for front doors. So you get the same benefits, the soap and water cleanup. Which everybody likes versus paint thinner and all that. Exactly. But you get that longer drying time so you get the flow and leveling that you love out of an oil kind of eliminate some of those brush and roller marks things like that Mm -hmm. so you get both of these worlds in a front door paint it is absolutely fantastic right benjamin moore's grand entrance Mm -hmm. like betsy said it's this modified alkyd it covers and hides really really well it's aura after all right and it comes in any benjamin moore color it will resist fading better than everything else out there as well yeah especially if you're doing one of those greens or blues reds yellows those things that tend to fade really really fast and then we look at it and say oh it looks like someone spilled milk all over it right yeah it'll resist all of that Comes and, in a satin sheen and a high gloss. And yes. high gloss, it's it's a little tricky to work with. And that's what we're going to talk about next week, mm-hmm. just how do yeah. you work with it. Right. But it's really popular right now. It is It's got that European, popular. that old world kind of a look to it. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people, I was doing a little searching online and they were talking about how, you know, oh, it doesn't look very good in the high gloss and things like that. You, you can see the brush and roller marks a little bit, but that is actually part of the handcrafted look that people are looking for nowadays. It's it actually is weird. very in. <laughs> it is very in. We've had some wood finish. Repcolite does high-end wood finishes yeah. and all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff along that line for the furniture industry. Right. And we've had a number of customers requesting products that will allow them to get a, a right. hand-brushed look. Uh-huh. You know, previous years, we're right. wanting something that's completely smooth and sprayed and mm-hmm. has no brush strokes. Now right. people are looking for brush strokes because it's got that handcrafted look to it. Right. So if you are potentially looking at painting your front door this summer, maybe you should just go out. Faye, I'm talking to you. Go out and look at your front One door. One of our listeners who yes. emails us <laughs> I regularly. know that she is planning on doing her front door. So now's the time. Well, now is not the time with the humidity the well, way it is. Well, that is true. Until the humidity and the and heat calm down a little bit. run you through all of those things next week. All the different things yeah. about painting a front door. Color, mm-hmm. application. Right. But for now... 
Grand Entrance is the way to go product-wise from Benjamin Moore. You can go pick your paint color and get your paint right now. Coming up after the break, we're in the studio with Sue Prinz and Ginger Herman talking about what potential home buyers need to know. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. And we are in the studio with Sue Prins and Ginger Herman from Sue Prins Five Star Real Estate. Thanks for being here, ladies. Thanks for Thank having you us. For having us. Now, today we want to talk about the market, the real estate market, and more specifically for buyers, because it is a seller's market. I mean, they're getting top dollar for houses right now. Yep. So let's just say theoretically, or that's not the right word, I don't think. Hypothetically? Hypothetically. Thank you. I was going to say hypocritically, (laughs) but I knew that was wrong too. Okay, let's just say hypothetically, a buyer has $200,000 to spend on a home. What are some things that they should be considering with that budget in mind? Well, first of all, a buyer who has a budget of two hundred thousand mm-hmm. should not necessarily be looking at homes that are priced two hundred thousand because in the market that we're in, that range is typically going to go well over with, with multiple offers. Mm-hmm. So they should really be considering a hundred sixty to hundred seventy, maybe hundred eighty thousand dollar range to give them some playroom, and then you have to also understand that at that price range, there's probably going to be some maintenance, you know, deferred maintenance things or some things that they're going to want to do right away when they move in to get it up to that what they're expecting for two hundred thousand. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, pretty much every home out there right now is is getting multiple bids, which is just driving up the price. So even if they have a you know list price of one eighty, it might be going for one ninety five two hundred. So you got to factor that in when you're purchasing, and mm-hmm. it's probably going to be then the house is going to be outdated. Or there's going to be some things that are old on it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're trying to look out for when we're when we're walking buyers through is, okay, if it's outdated, maybe there are some things that we can help them understand that's cheaper ways to mm-hmm. make the house look, you know, more updated. So you're talking outdated just by look visually, you know, mm-hmm. the decorating and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but then even too mechanical wise okay, That's as what well. I wondered about. What yeah. things should we be looking at? And you know how so somebody says this is an eight-year-old furnace Mm -hmm. yeah what does that tell me yeah and again when we're when we're looking at that let's say we're looking at a hundred eighty thousand dollar home um we're going to be well any home that we show we're looking at all the structural issues with a home we 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 show homes this way we look at roof we look at windows we look at the basement foundation um, all of the mechanicals of the home. And if we're going into a home at that price range, we're considering for our buyers, well, it could cost you, say, for a new roof, eight to $10,000 maybe for a new roof. Do we need to factor that in so that all of a sudden they're not like, oh my gosh, we're already feeling house poor and now we got to you know, add that into the, to the equation. Um, furnaces, they're not cheap, but you know, we want to prepare our buyers for that. So obviously with inspections, if something comes back like, hey, you know, it's, they usually say it's reaching its life expectancy, usually goes on the report for <laughs> yep. older furnaces, mm-hmm. right? And water heaters, things like that. Um, so, you know, we can, we can bounce some costs, uh, deferred costs uh, onto our buyers and say, well, you know, in, in five years, three to five years, you could be looking at 
$3,500 for the new furnace, maybe AC. So Does it was, that surprise people? Does that catch them off guard? Were they expecting to get, you know, like, like we talked about at the beginning, I've got a $200,000 budget. Do they generally start looking at $200,000 homes? Yes. And then you have to walk them back. They do. They yeah. do. And then what's the response yeah. to that? Yeah. Are they very sad? Well, <laughs> well, they're first of all, just shocked. Like, um, just a really quick example. I just listed a home for $160,000. It went for one hundred eighty-five. Not only... Uh, where the buyer's shocked that it went that high because I even had some of my own buyers go through it and they're like, shock, I'm shocked because I'm like, <laughs> it was a two-bedroom house on a busy street and it went for 185 So if we're preparing our buyers ahead of time, you know, when they come and meet with us and say, hey, we're looking for a $200,000 home, we want to prepare them so they're, you know, not super shocked when you know we're when we're looking at these homes in that $180,000 range that hey guys this is one that might you know is likely going to go multiple offers let's just kind of look at what if it goes to 200 are you happy with this home at 200 or do we keep looking mm-hmm. so you know there's ways that we write offers that you know we might not have to write it right at 200,000 obviously we do some investigation on that before we just throw out a $200,000 offer but, you know, we just try to prepare them as much as we can in that process. Does, does that make sense? What? Well, it makes well, sense. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. But well, I guess what I'm thinking is I went through a similar thing. I was right on the cusp of the market changing to, to what it is now. You know, so houses, some of the houses were way up, you know, price-wise. And ours, I don't know, we just got lucky. We caught the old pricing mm-hmm. and hadn't been adjusted yet. But for a long time, we were looking, and what I was finding was so depressing. Our house was already an offer made and accepted way before we expected that to happen. Mm-hmm. And now I'm looking, and I remember saying, everything we're seeing is less house than what I'm mm-hmm. leaving, you know, mm-hmm. that I, that fits into mm-hmm. my budget. Yeah. yeah. Is there any way that people can – I mean, do you run into that where they're literally freaked out now because mm-hmm. I can't get what I want, not what I thought anyway – and then what do you do with that? You just work through it and help them? Yeah. Or do you try to catch people maybe ahead of time? Because you guys do a walkthrough, right? With Is sellers, that something yeah. that you could help them before they even list it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get a feel yeah. for what they might buy? I would say both our buyers and our sellers, we kind of have that conversation to start with them. If it's a seller, yeah, we try to, do you have a backup plan? Because once you sell, you might not be able to find your favorite home on the, you know, while you're, while you're looking. And so do you have a backup plan if you sell your home right away, which you're going to, I mean, most likely in this market, um, do you have someone you can live with or, you know, what are you going to do in the time being if you don't find that next house? And then for buyers, when they call us, it's really us just asking them, um, or I guess more telling them, here's what our market is like. And so here's what you can expect. It's going to be disheartening. It is going to be a really hard time for you mm-hmm. to purchase. That way we warn them up front. Mm-hmm. They're still going to get sad throughout the process. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. You know, education in the process is huge. You know, the more we can educate them on here's here's what the experience will likely be for you. And so if we're preparing them for that, that does help kind of soften the blow. But, you know, we are finding we're, 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 we're involved in these multiple offer situations. There gets to a, a point to where they're just like tapped out, you know, as, mm-hmm. as the, the multiples keep driving it up. They're like, finally, they're like, we're, we're out. We can't right. even go. Crazy auctions we can't go that high, yeah. you know. So, um, you know, we've seen disappointment after disappointment, but then um, I, I'm just, a big believer in that right home will come for you 
if you can be patient in the process, you know, I've, to be honest, I've never sat at a closing table where someone was disappointed with what they were ending up with. Like, oh, we wish we still wish we would have bought that other home or, you know, mm-hmm. the, where they're feeling bad. Once we get there, they're they're happy and they're mm-hmm. excited. And so we just. Part of that's the medication that they're generally <laughs> yeah. on at that point. <laughs> no, so you're saying no, they'll just, get there. We'll get well, yeah, there. Yeah. It's know, just a and, rocky road sometimes. And I keep, I just keep encouraging them. We're going to get there. We're going to find it. And sometimes timing is timing is so right now we're in this hot seller's mm-hmm. summer market. If they can hold on, like if like what Ginger said, if they've got a, a plan B where they're going to be maybe staying with someone or they've got a, an apartment, you know, in something in the interim, if they can wait till it gets to that fall winter season, it won't be as crazy and we'll have more opportunities. Even uh, to do contingent offers are are better to do in the summer or excuse me in the winter time. Okay, I, I did a number of contingencies this past winter, and they went through. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't do that now. So what they need to be looking for are, and you'll help them. Some of the major things: the roof, the furnace, the hot water heater, mm-hmm. all yeah. of those things. Pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, is also be aware that there's a lot of cosmetic things that can mm-hmm. be done very inexpensively, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Paint is not expensive in the grand scheme of things. And you've both talked previously in conversations we've had that you've seen huge changes in a home and the appearance and the the whole presentation just by new paint. We love doing that, you know, helping them have a vision. They'll walk through and like, oh, my gosh, this, you know, this, this hideous colors on the wall or a hideous kitchen or whatever. And we'll say, hey, imagine this. And then we'll just paint the picture like, you know, painting the wall colors this and you know maybe um you know doing something really like an interesting accent wall somewhere or whatever we we love doing that we're both very involved into design so that's kind of how we we roll right yeah so i think the moral of the story is have sue and ginger come out look at your house and help you set realistic expectations for what you're going to be looking at when you actually go to buy a new home. My whole family wishes I had done that. (laughs) Because when I did not have realistic expectations, Uh I did a lot of freaking out. (laughs) A lot of freaking out. It was really ugly. Mm, That doesn't surprise me. So, Sue and Ginger, if anyone out there listening wants to get in contact with you to perhaps help them so they don't freak out when they go to buy a house, how do they best do that? Just give me a call on my cell phone. It is 616 Seven two three twenty four hundred. All right, Sue and Ginger, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Coming up next, we are in the studio with Nick Sargent from Sweating Johnson to the Oldies. Carpet That's Mon- what we're going to be doing, right? <laughs> yeah. Sweating to the Oldies. Do you remember those? I I, do I shouldn't remember interrupt. Those. You're trying to do a very nice. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. It's okay. Anyway. I'm just going to mop the sweat off my brow. We are going to be talking all things tile because it can be a little confusing. That's coming up after the break. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Betsy, mm-hmm. you have more questions. And so you're going to. Do another self-serving Betsy segment. Well, I'm because sure because you're thinking about tile. I am thinking. You don't about have the tile. answers, right? So, well, I have. This some... is how it is. Yeah. Betsy just runs the oh, show. Yeah, mm-hmm. wastes everybody mm-hmm. else's time. Okay, then does that mean you're going to be silent during the entire segment and not ask any questions? Seriously, doubt it. I'll be silent. <laughs> yeah, so do <laughs> it's I. It's not my spiritual gift. Right. Well, that's why we I have invite... a lot of spiritual gifts. 
I'm going to uh, just be silent. Are you done? Yep. Okay. That's why we have <laughs> Nick Sargent from Johnson Carpet in the studio. Hello. Hi, Nick. We want to talk about tile yes. because I think that's something that we know where tile goes. It goes on yes. our backsplash. It goes on yes. the floor. It goes in the bathroom, maybe yes. around the tub or the sink or something like yes. that. But I don't think that we all necessarily, me, know the specifics, uh, you know, which ones go where. Because there is a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Some things you can put one place, but you can't put yeah. someplace else. So we do have tile at Johnson Carpet, even though our name is Johnson Carpet. Everybody <laughs> forgets we have tile, but we have right. a full tile showroom there, too. Um, tile department. So the biggest thing is floor tiles can go anywhere. Okay. Wall tiles can only go on the wall. Oh. They're okay. thinner. They're s- they're not thinner. Softer. Yeah, they're thinner. It's not necessarily softer. They're just thinner. They ma- you know make out of lighter weight material. So putting them on floor, you might have the potentially to crack. So gotcha. Oh. And usually, you know, tiles one of those things where we can get it at any price point, any look, any style. You know, it's amazing what they do with tile these days. It's just endless beyond. So, you know, some of the things yes. I've been reading is that tile is just on the way out. It's not something people are doing a lot of. Is that, would you say that's so? Um, no. I mean, tile is always going to be a big part of the segment just because hard surface is a big part of this. You know, most new homes are 60, some parts of the country, it's, you know, 70 to 80% is hard surface. Um, and you still cling to the name Johnson Carpet? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Not Johnson Tile? <laughs> yeah. Hard surface? Yeah. All Johnson. right. So 70% of homes yeah. are hard surface? I did not but know But I mean, that. you know, that's like Arizona and stuff like that, where obviously, you mm-hmm. know, tile's very big down there because they're building on concrete slabs and they want to walk into a cool house. So coolest right. thing you can put on a floor is a uh, tile. So. Okay, so what about in Michigan then? Michigan, you know... we have plenty of cool. Uh, yes. yes, we do. Yes. We do more hardwood up here just because it's more abundant natural resource. It's more um, to our homes, to our environments and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but, you know, tiles in kitchens, bathrooms, especially, you know, full baths, you know, the full mm-hmm. walk-in shower, tubs around, you know, floor, um, kitchen backsplashes, you know, entryways... Or mud rooms, you know, and stuff like that. You know, we're still doing a lot of tile like that. Um, we can do in-floor heat. You know, there's a couple different systems out there, and we can build that in so you can heat your floor. I, I think let's That talk is a about, fantastic thing. Well, yeah. it is, but how expensive is that? Just walk us through what. how does it work? What is it? Well, and, you know, at, at Johnson's, we use a system called Sluter. Um, it's a German system. Sluter. How do you Schluter. spell it? Sluter. S-C-H-U-L-T-E-R. Schluter. Schluter. I love saying Schluter. that. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a couple- I should t- have a Stein and say Schluter a lot. Yeah. And what is the Vieter- Lederhosen? Lederhosen. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to change a minute. You guys keep talking. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. So Schluter. Schluter. Um, And there's a couple other German systems out there. They're like the masters of of these tile systems. So they make all types of underlayments for tile floors. You know, they have a full, their curdy line, which is for these full waterproof showers and you, you know, down to like the niches and all the metals and all the parts and everything you could possibly imagine to do in a shower. Um, but the Schluter system, the Dietra underlayment, you know, we put that down on all tile floors. So it allows some flexibility to the floor a little bit, especially when we're building wood houses, mm-hmm. you know, so because they expand the sure, during sure. the seasons right. and stuff like that. Um, and they also make one where you can add coils in there to heat your floor. So that's right. what yes. I have in my back porch area. It yes. used to be a porch. Oh, you have a heated yes. tile it floor It got there. insulated. 
Yeah, because it was just warm enough because there is a basement section under there. So it was just warm mm-hmm. enough that snow would melt. So why not insulate the whole thing? Yep. And that heated floor actually heats that entire yes. space enough that it's like 65 degrees in there all the time. Is it expensive to put down? And is it, it expensive to run? No. So uh, the upfront cost is more expensive. It mm-hmm. does, you know, cost a little bit more money for, you know, obviously the materials and the labor. But overall, long term wise, you do save money on your heating bill because it's using electricity. So you're not using, you know, if you have gas or whatever, heating your house in the winter, you're not using that. So and then it can do heat a whole room mm-hmm. for a minimal amount of because it's only like 120 or 240 volts. So. All right. Yeah, so that's, I love that. Yeah, because that is yeah. one of the downfalls of tile in our yes. area. Yes. Right. In Arizona, it's a positive. <laughs> right. yeah. It's all about perspective. Yes. Right? Now, okay, here's a question. Can that same heating be done in a floor under a shower? Like if you have one of those big walk-in showers, can you put that heating element in there? Well, that this seems is not to be repeated to anybody, but... Uh, so as he says it on the radio. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so the Schluter people, there is a way to bring that heat into a walk-in shower. It would have to be a curbless, like an ADA or mm-hmm. a wheelchair compliant yeah. shower. Um, you can technically do it. I haven't seen it done. Okay. They've told me they've done it and it works great. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. I guess if you start the shower before you actually get in there, then the tile heats yeah. up and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. See- my bathtub in our in the home that I'm in, well, which makes sense because mm-hmm. I would never go use somebody else's <laughs> bathtub unless I was invited to. Uh-huh. But the bathtub is set over a duct. So in the winter, yeah, you talk it is amazing because that whole tub oh, heats yeah. up. Yeah. In the summer, it kind of blows because the air conditioning goes <laughs> and it's super cold. But you don't even need water, which yeah. is why some days right. I have that odor. <laughs> I don't bathe with water. I just sit in the warm tub for a while. Ew, that's gross. Okay, I'm fully clothed. I don't want to hear about your yeah. tub and all but that. But it's stuff kind anymore. of like the shower. It's a very warm environment. It's wonderful, and I don't have yeah. to put any electrical anything there. Okay. Anyway, apparently moving on. that's not something <laughs> worth talking about. No, not I'm going really. Going back to the silence. <laughs> that would be wise. Okay. Now, what is popular in tile? Because I know for a while the yes. subway tiles and things like that yeah. were. Very popular, and yes. I've heard that they're on their way out. What's going I on? I don't with- think they'll ever be on their way out. Um, you know, they're, we go in, in design, we're doing a lot of white. I mean, mm-hmm. anytime you, you watch any show on TV or you open up any magazine, a lot of times you see these white kitchens. I mean, right. it's white floors. White floors? I mean, not white floors, but I mean, they're lighter color floors. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the white cabinets, the white yep, counters, yep. the white backsplashes. So, right. and you know, the easiest thing to do for a backsplash then is to do three by six, you know, and we are mm-hmm. making other sizes now, like three by twelves or four by eights or two by eights, you know, something a little different just beyond the basic three by six tile mm-hmm. in white. So, I mean, I don't think that style will ever go out. I always yeah. think of it as a very classic look. It like is. Like it, it just, yes. I don't know. I never get sick of it. I have some of that in my house and to me, it's just a classic <laughs> look. It is. It is. If you get the stuff that's all painted and things like that, to me, sometimes that can start painted. to look... What do you mean? Well, they have tiles that have paintings oh, oh, or okay, I see. Oh, some design yeah. on the them or The Tuscan look? Yes, yeah, it yeah. gets dated so yes. fast. Yeah. And, and, and that's something we, we rarely do these days, you know... Um, 
and and part of it's cost prohibitive because you know some of those manufacturers are very very specialty mm-hmm. you know it's a very very custom order and most people you know want to spend the money somewhere else maybe on a fancy fridge or stove versus you know or some heating ducts yeah. under their tub yeah Oh, pretty my good. goodness. Pretty good. Yeah. Money yeah. well spent. One last question. No, yeah. I, I, well, okay. You may have one last question. Can I? Is yours about kitchens? Yes. Is it about the floor? No. Okay, go ahead. I don't have to interrupt. I did already. <laughs> yeah, too late. This, so much for the silence Ask in this question. interview. Um, tile on countertops. I have seen it occasionally where they yes. tile the entire... Yeah. Countertop. It was a big thing in like the 70s and 80s. Well, that means yeah. we should bring it back full <laughs> glory. It seems like it would be one of those things. We have a hard enough time keeping grout in showers yeah. and things like that clean. Yes. I cannot picture it on a countertop. No. I love rolling and, pizza dough out on a counter yeah. of tile where grout sticks right. into the dough, right? Awesome. Uh, side note about grout, grouts have gotten a lot better. So, okay. I mean, it used to be where you only had like white and off-white to pick from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we grouts come in, you know, a variety of colors. I always tell people, pick the color dirt, call it good. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, especially awesome. for floors. I mean, grout... And we have better grouts that are harder staining, non-porous grouts and mm-hmm. things like that. But it's really the dirt buildup on top's the issue. So, mm. you know, and, and you can seal the grout and help create a layer on there, but you're never going to get away from dirt buildup on the top of things. So right. just get the color of dirt. It helps a lot. But you wouldn't want to put tile on a counter. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, like you're just saying, the dirt builds up. Yeah. but And, and, and that used Pizza to be dough. when... People, you know, countertops were really, really, really expensive or stuff like that. Or or in the 90s when when granite first became really big, granite was very, very expensive. Even the entry-level granites were very, very expensive. So, so people a cheaper would, way to People would get... use 12 by 12 granite tiles to get away from that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you don't install it right, they can crack the easiest, you know. So, and it's a whole host of problems. All right. So well, don't do that. My question yeah. was already answered with the grout color yes. because that is one of the things mm-hmm. you, you see lighter grouts and then they get very dark. Mm-hmm. Or what's really scary is when you go into the restroom at a uh, like a restaurant oh, or something, yeah. I hate and all the tile that. is grouted with it's, black grout. Yeah. Until oh, you walk into yeah. an area where, oh my goodness, yes. it's been cleaned here and the grout is gray. Like yeah. Really, and then you realize how dark and uh-huh. Oh, what's in the yeah. floor? And then you can no longer eat at that restaurant. <laughs> yeah, right? see, I have a gray grout in my home, and I love it because yes. you don't see you no. see the salt when the dog has been out and comes yeah. in and all she had salt on her paws. But that's about it. I mean, yes. it doesn't stain or anything like that. No. So I totally agree. Now, Nick, if anyone out there wants to get in contact with you because yes. maybe they have some questions about yeah. tile, they want to yeah. see what you carry, how yes. do they best do that? Uh, just come into Johnson Carpet One. We're downtown Granville. We've been there for, I think, almost 70 years. One of these days we're going to be hitting that time. <laughs> um, and we do have a full tile show uh, department showroom area. It's kind of off to the side and everybody forgets about it, but it is there. So Perfect. Nick, thank you so much for thank being you. with us. Well, Betsy, are you ready to shine and polish? Yes. And do all of those things? Yes. Because it's your cleaning segment that you were so enamored of. I'm very excited about it. Thank you. Well, we'll find out if it lives up to its billing. Oh, it will. That's coming up next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, 
The Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Betsy, if there's one thing that I talk about at my house, mm-hmm. ad nauseum. Well, yes. Heck, good grief, it's me. There's a lot that I talk about <laughs> ad nauseum yep. as the children. Uh huh. But if there's one thing that really takes pride of place, yes, it's talking about cleaning. Oh, as how I well encourage I do. the children to do better jobs at it. My son, yes. Andrew, is coming along nicely. <laughs> So I'm hoping he's listening because you have what you feel are a ton of really interesting and a little bit unique cleaning hacks. Well, I used to do just general cleaning, but then I used to be a slob, (laughs) but now, well, since you met me, no, it has nothing to do with you. It all has to do with having a giant St. Bernard with a lot of fur. She has a lot of very long fur that is always everywhere. I vacuum every single day because she is something uh, else she's been to the studio a couple of times and (laughs) there's enough fur when we're done to have two small pomeranians (laughs) yes so um, keep that in your mind that this is where i'm coming from is saint bernardville at my house so one of the issues i struggle with is she drinks the water out of her bowl Mm -hmm. and she walks away and there is a trail first of all she is not a very clean water liquor so there is water <laughs> everywhere yeah, i've seen it it's something it's else just... it's like a hose is left running as <laughs> yes. she wanders around yeah so there's a trail that you can follow well the problem is you know if you're not right there you, you know all day when i'm at work i'm not there to follow behind her and wipe up all this stuff so i end up with these white marks from my hard water on what kind of surface on my very dark gray slate tile okay so, so you see that very very clearly yes very clearly and we're assuming other people People struggle with something similar. Yes, it, it so could be other circumstances. It? Well, the they could have children it, that drink like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tried mopping it, and that just doesn't work. So even with cleaners, even with cleaners, oh, it really? doesn't come off. So I have She's found got like super spit. Yes, yeah, yes, she does. Um, I have found that the best thing to do is get one of the pump-up sprayers. We sell them in our stores, the wallpaper pump-up sprayer. We've talked about them before. Yes, and I know the tendency is for everybody out there listening to think we are just stretching to find something to sell, you know, regarding this cleaning segment. Right. But that sprayer is the coolest thing. I have a number of them because I hate the trigger sprayers mm-hmm. where... Well, they break and there's a lot of break, work involved. Your hand gets tired. This is so much easier. We so, use it all the time. It's like 15 bucks. Yeah, something oh like that. Oh my goodness. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, I have a couple. Come of and them. get one. Um, So I put vinegar and Dawn dish detergent mm-hmm. in this pump-up sprayer, mix it together, spray it on, let it sit for a few minutes, and get out a little green Scotch-Brite pad, scrub it up, Rinse it, and we're good to go. I also do it so, on the tray under her food because okay. that gets really So gross. the vinegar and the Dawn dish detergent, yep. that's the mix. That is the mix. And then the spray bottle is what makes it so easy. Yes, exactly. Give us more, Betsy. Give us more. Um, People are wanting more. Well, I, as They're I clamoring. said, I am always running my vacuum. So, of course, I'm constantly having all this dog hair wrapped mm-hmm. around the uh, brush of my vacuum. We have that at home, and that is absolutely Infuriating. Yes. So, what is your fix? Because I use a razor blade. See, I hate razor blades. I've almost had many trips to the emergency room. Well, that and it can actually cut through some of that plastic that's on that bar. I have also done that. Do yourself a favor. Go to a craft store. Buy a seam ripper that's meant for taking out seams and clothing. 
a and, seam ripper. Yeah, it has almost like a U-shaped thing, and it's it's very sharp, but it has a so point. Somebody so somebody else you should can, handle it. Right? So you can run it down that little strip that's and that generally works? in the box, cuts right through all the hair, and you just pull it off. Like all at once. You can work yes. your way through it, because I go back and forth with the knife. Nope, just it's once. It's fast. Yep. A seam ripper. Are exactly. they expensive? No, like two, three dollars at the most. Oh, yes. I'm gonna get be doing the bigger, myself a favor. Get the bigger, heavier duty one. Don't mm-hmm. get the little one because it can't. Well, in my instance, it broke. So I got the heavier duty one. Have not had a problem since. Yeah, I don't have a great big, huge dog like Heidi. I've got a medium sized dog. Right. But she sheds. Yep. Like she's aspiring to be <laughs> a big dog. <laughs> right. And that is a real pain. Mm-hmm. So okay, a seam ripper, very cool. Yes. Also, what make else? sure when you're. Getting all of this hair off of your vacuum. Make sure you're cleaning out the filters. It makes all the difference in the world as far as suction goes. Explain that just briefly because I want to interject. Well, I have an upright vacuum that has just the canister. It's it's upright. It's decent. It's moral in that regard. (laughs) Right. Um, There are filters in those, and I think I have two things that I Mm -hmm. have to take out. Just rinse one of those shark ones. Yes. Rinse them with cold water. Make sure that you know the water eventually runs clear. And let it dry and then put it back in. It's amazing. You how do much... that how often? I do it about once a month or so. It okay. just depends. You told me that and I, I was absolutely stunned because I have like the cheaper version of your vacuum. Yeah. It's yeah. still a shark. Mm-hmm. And it's the best vacuum I've ever had. Yeah. It's 120 bucks. Right. That thing really sucks mm-hmm. in a good way. <laughs> but anyway, you told me that you clean those filters out. Yeah. And I thought how, you know, I never really thought about that. I bang them out mm-hmm. and I keep my mouth closed and my eyes closed mm-hmm. when I do that. Good plan. But you said you actually use water. So yeah. I did that uh-huh. on your say-so. Yes. Washed everything. And I was blown away. It was like having a brand new vacuum. The yeah. suction was even better. Mm-hmm. I was stunned how much difference that made. So yeah. I don't know that most people do that. Maybe they do. I'm I... suspecting they don't. Right. We're by nature a little lazy. Yeah, well. But it's worth doing. Oh, it absolutely That's is That's a good one. Doing. I like that. Yes. I have one last very quick one. My dog likes to lay with her face smushed up against a glass door so there's mm-hmm. always like drool and slobber all over it oh, and I yes. could never That's like get the it driver's off. side window in my car <laughs> gross <laughs> um so I would put Windex on there let it sit and never comes off and I tried a credit card finally or a gift card something like that mm-hmm. and it scapes through it and does a wonderful you, you still job. You use a cleaner, you spray it down. Yeah, I use a cleaner it. to soften it up a little bit, but I used to scrub and now I just use the card and it works great. Tell everybody quickly, very quickly about uh-huh. the little block that you use to get the hair out because getting dog hair out of car upholstery or like the 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 carpet yes. in a car yep. is a real yep. pain, but you have this special yeah, there's a little block. It's like glass particles or something. It's kind of like a pumice stone, and you just yeah. run it over the fabric in your car, the carpets in your car. It snags all the hair. It's yep. like magic. I will put a link in our show notes because it is one of those things that you really need to have if you have a dog. This Really, really cool. It will save a ton of time. I was yeah. vacuuming my car, oh man, a week ago. You'll never get it all. I can't get it out. Nope. It's just stuck this there. This thing all takes I, it all. All I kept thinking was, Betsy has that magic stone, <laughs> and I've seen it work, yep. and I wish I had one. Exactly. Well, Betsy, that's mm-hmm. it. You crammed a bunch of tips. I'm sure you've Woo-hoo! got more, and we can put those in the show notes. Yes. But if you want to hear this episode or any past episode, you can find it online at repcolite.com. And make sure you follow us on Instagram, because we do have pictures of that desk we talked about last week up there, so go check it out. Right. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. All Repco Light paints and Port City paint stores are open 
until 3 o'clock, mm-hmm. waiting to see you. Right. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. Remember, if you're about to lose your DIY sanity, we can help you fix that crazy. And we'll help you make sure that you get all of the dog hair, all of the dog saliva, all of the <laughs> whoever saliva uh, off of whatever window. <laughs> that is very true. And more. Yes. Thanks for listening.